Ben Silverio. And I'm Ansel Birch. And it's time to party! Today's episode was recorded on October 27th, 2022 in Chicago, Illinois. We are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. Where everything's made up and the points don't matter. We're just whose line is it anyway now? Apparently... And apparently, we're still doing this. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is a ringtone. Uh, <laughs> party people, welcome back. Yay! Yay! It's week three. Week three, where we are talking about the Peacock movie Meet Cute. That's right. Starring That's right. the incomparable Kaylee Cuoco and maybe possibly yes. Pete Davidson. The, the very comparable Pete Davidson. <laughs> The incredibly comparable. <laughs> he was fine. He did great. He did yeah, great. He did, he did, he did, did a good job. Good. <laughs> I even though I give credit to where credit is due with Pete Davidson, uh, I'm still gonna rag on him. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're a longtime listener of Time to Party, <laughs> then you know. What's coming right now? And if you aren't, we'll tell you anyway. Yes, coming right to your ear holes. The third episode is where we here at Time to Party like to impart some education. But we do so while being entertaining. Yeah. That's why we call it edutainment. edutainment. With a hand gesture and everything. Yep. The uh, one you're imagining. That's it. That's, that's it. It's that. 100% that's yep. it. Uh, yes, in our edutainment episode, we like to take an incredibly shallow dive on some information uh, regarding uh, a piece of technology or something cool that happened in the movie. <laughs> a person, place, or thing that appeared, a, a noun, a noun that occurred in the film <laughs> is what we are going to do a shallow dive on today. I mean, if I can annoy the hell out of Andy Huddle with a song, <laughs> uh, then... <laughs> Yeah, we've we've covered songs, we've covered pieces of, of physical technology, we've covered I guess more metaphysical pieces of technology, we film history. Film history, yeah, random history. Yeah. Uh our uh, our in edut- universe technologies. Yes. Our edutainment section is as diverse as a community college course catalog. There you go. So a, you a never, real potpourri. You never know what you're gonna learn. On time to party, like a box of courses. <laughs> a box of courses? Is that how they I, did it back was, in the day? I was trying to play off a box of chocolates and it just didn't. Back in uh, Ansel's hometown, there's a horse that just uh, goes to a board to pick your courses for mm-hmm. you. Yep, the the course horse. <laughs> if we if we had merchandise, <laughs> t-shirt of the course horse. Of the course horse. At us, if you want a t-shirt of the course horse. Of course, of course. I'll put it up on my red bubble. It'll be great. <laughs> we could make literally some dollars. What was the horse's name? The course horse? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the course horse was... Uh, oh, man. Oh, I really wasn't wanted a rotating... to be sparkling and clever just there. <laughs> is, it a, is it a rotating cast of course horses? Uh, well, I mean, they only live so long. Oh. Dark. <laughs> like this movie. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, oh, no. Seabiscuit's got to be the course horse, right? I mean, what? Dominates the Biscuit, courses. What? 
dominates the courses. Or secretariat. I was going to say, what do they do after they race? But then I was going to have another really dark joke. Yeah, that uh, that nothing good. <laughs> no. Nothing good. Oh, no. I, Are you telling me that? Maybe secret- they just don't make movies about racehorses that retire happily to the pasture. Oh, wait, is secretariat dead? I'll be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> no clue. If you know, at us. Yeah, if you know. We're really just trying to get you to add us. Uh, just justify our existence, please. Please. Uh, although, if you have opinions about Pete Davidson, I don't want to hear. No, we do. We no, do. we do want to. Yeah, hear. yeah. Drive them clicks. Yes. Just Pete don't... Davidson is a thing about stuff. <laughs> that guy. Just don't snitch tag him. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> or do. I'm sure he has a lot to worry about without uh, knowing my opinion about him. <laughs> Our very milk toast opinion about him. <laughs> hey, if a guy is milk toast, you know. Guys. Yeah. But as we established in the last fine. episode, uh, only in comedy, really. Yeah, really. Um, okay, so, Ben, Ansel. what did you choose to talk about today? Well, I figured uh, that I would pick a topic that is near and dear to your heart. Uh, to my heart. But... In reality, it's closer to your brain. Mm, interesting. Uh, so, first, I have to say that there were a number of topics that I considered for uh, edutainment this month. Uh, same. I had four on my list. I had one, two. I also had four. Okay, okay. So uh, what are the ones you didn't pick? The ones that I didn't pick. Number one, ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, that's very good. One of the comedic highlights of the film was when they went to get ice cream. Yes. And the flavors and that the were flavors available. The flavors in the end credits bit are <laughs> so, so good. So good. So good. Uh, Makes you wonder how much footage of that oh, didn't there, make it. There has to be a lot. If there, uh, This probably isn't getting a Blu-ray release, but it should just for the gag reel. Yeah, right. Know? Um, the other, th- another one that I did not pick is Bridges. Interesting. Okay. That I, f- I felt that that was too broad of a topic and we would have been here for a long time. <laughs> Takes a while to span the topic of Bridges. Absolutely. I'm sure Ted Mosby would love to talk about Bridges for 45 minutes, but, uh, Ben Silverio. Be a real suspended conversation. Ha ha! You know, there's a lot to cross. Uh, that was a bad one. Uh, that, that one was not as good. Uh, the last one that I would have considered thinking of covering was tanning beds. I did choose tanning this beds. This guy. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that I didn't pick tanning beds. Because uh, what I did pick is fake mustaches. Fake mustaches from when she was the the uncle. Uncle Charlie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you've been following our podcast for a long time, uh, our choices for edutainment come out of fucking nowhere. Oh, man. We get some real weird Left ones. Left field. Yep. I mean, <laughs> some favorites. Uh, Lucky Rabbit's Feet. Yes. That was a good one. Uh, Saddles is always fun. Saddles was uh, a very good one. Aaron just went into a bunch of really random ones that were so fun. Exactly. Telephone booths. Yes. 
Zach did CCTV, mm-hmm. which was fun. Yeah, we've had some good ones. We've, we've had, had some, good, some ones. good ones. So when Kaylee Kuko decided to go back in time uh, as Sheila uh, to quote unquote fix Gary uh, and his childhood, uh, she she dressed up as an old man that was named Uncle Charlie with a fake mustache and everything. Multiple times. Multiple times for like three years. Which must have cut into her very important daytime sleeping habits. Yes, absolutely. Uh, But she probably slept after playing catch because that probably tires you out, right? I suppose. Uh, This is a very important question for the screenwriter if you can uh, contact us. Yeah. When did Sheila sleep, please? Uh, (laughs) Please tell us that Sheila did sleep. For the love of God, please. Um, so yeah, so I don't know why, but it just triggered in my head, like, hey, when fake mustaches become a thing? So what'd you find um, out? So what I found out was the earliest, uh, uh, that a patent was obtained for, uh, for making perukes or wigs with fastenings made of the certain elastic compressed steel or springs and also with other flat springs or wires made of steel for the closer adhesion of the points and whiskers to the head and face. Uh, that wow. was what the patent was for. Uh, and it was obtained by Thomas Bowman of New Bond Street in the 1800s. Okay. Um, the old Bowman mustache. Right. And... Really, the the most interesting thing to come out of the conversation about um, fake facial hair was that uh, people felt so inadequate as men mm-hmm. uh, or masculine presenting people that essentially the beauty standard was shaming them into having facial hair no matter what. Ah, okay. So this is less of a a fake beard and mustache for like a theatrical purpose. And this was like a face to pay. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, There was one article that I read that called the mechanical whiskers. Wow. Um, And like, there's not a ton of information about specifically fake facial hair. Sure. Um, because the Wikipedia article just talks about Charlie Chaplin's and Groucho Marx's and sure. stuff like that. But well, and I mean theatrical theatrical facial hair goes way back. I yes. mean all the way to uh, at the very least Shakespeare. Absolutely. Um, but uh around uh this time in the 1800s was when people were wearing them for personal reasons. Interesting. Because of facial prosthetic. Exactly. You know, like, I mean, beauty standards have always been fucked, right? It was the height of the beard game. Absolutely. You think about old Admiral Burnside's. Yes. And, I mean, mutton chops were. Whatever the fuck that guy's rank was. (laughs) uh, Viscounts. Viscount Burnside's, yes. (laughs) Um, One of the articles that I came across had this, like, old timey ad. Um. Yes, from the Hairdresser's Chronicle in 1870. Um, it, it's a it's a photograph uh, of the ad uh, from the British Library who kept it. And basically, it has different styles 
of facial hair available. Oh. And mutton chops was one of them. That's perfect. Yeah, one of uh One of them is, is friendly must mutton chops. <laughs> Don't we know someone with this uh this hairstyle? <laughs> facial uh, hairstyle. I feel like we do. Is it Josh Ballard? No. <laughs> Although he has done that. I mean, as have I. Um, or no, I haven't done that exact hair. Uh, I have. I haven't done the friendly chops. I've done aggressive burns and a stash, but ah. never, never the. I've never gotten rid of the, uh, the soul patch. Oh, okay. Um, there is a wrestler uh, named the Butcher. The Butcher. Yes. Okay. Uh, he his partner is the Blade, and their valet uh, is the Bunny. Wow. Um, but the Butcher. Uh, a looks like an old timey butcher, um, but but B, uh, his real name is Andy Williams. He's a guitar player uh, for a band that I can't recall right now, but they just broke up. Um, and he sounds so joyful. He's so he doesn't sound the way he looks. Uh, so it's always a surprise. To That's me. fun. Yes, Kelch was doing the friendly chops for a while, oh, wasn't he? Oh, maybe he could have been. We'll have to double check on that. Anyway, uh, but yes. Yeah, so, uh, the the masculine members of society felt so pressured to have uh elegant facial hair mm-hmm. that they were resorting to these uh fake alternatives. Uh, and then if you didn't have facial hair at the time, you were just like shunned. Interesting. And I mean, like, I kind of get it because to a degree, facial hair has come back in a big way. That's true. Uh, That's true. So so much so that I find in uh, in online dating where people will ha- have in their profiles prefer beards or prefer a dude with beards. Interesting. Or, or swipe left if uh, you don't have a beard. Um, huh. And as a person who doesn't, who can't really grow facial hair like that, <laughs> so I totally I can see that being yeah frustrating. A little bit frustrating, and huh. I uh, I didn't realize that these beauty standards were so uh, prominent as far back as the 1800s. The yeah, the 1800s were were definitely the age, the era of the beard um, in many ways. So that that doesn't shock me too much. Although it's interesting that it was as mechanical as it sounds since a lot of theatrical facial hair is just like it's like a wig right it's got like right. a, like a fabric back that you've mm-hmm. you've laced the, is what the hairs found. through um but these the mechanical business that you're talking about sounds intense right <laughs> i mean like there were there were some examples from that article where the beard just like split apart and came aggressively down on two sides wow. <laughs> It's robot um, face exactly uh but <laughs> i do have to share this this sentence uh from this uh wordpress article <laughs> that i was reading uh terms such as smock faced spanagones and beardless boy were brickbats that stung poor men who wanted to join the beard movement but couldn't <laughs> just the the slurs yeah used for clean shaven people yeah like uh wow ever uh people have been assholes for centuries yeah oh we're it's what it's what we do best as a species oh that's correct so okay so so we're we're talking like civil war era right Mm. or after that 
Uh, I mean, that uh, This feels picture, like an 1860s, 1890s thing. That picture that I showed you was from the uh, 1870s. Okay. So, so where do we go from there? Oh, man. It's... They're they're so vague on time period, because uh, I guess they they couldn't really nail down when the trend ended, because in a way it hasn't ended. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, beards and facial hair continue to thrive. Yeah, you know, and I'm not gonna lie, a lot of my my research did just bring me to uh, a lot of different names for facial hair. Okay, like, okay. Like soup strainers. Yep. Thigh ticklers. Thigh ticklers. And Piccadilly like weepers. <laughs> what does that mean, I Ansel? No. <laughs> Piccadilly weepers. Piccadilly weepers. But the those those phrases came from uh the 19th century. Um during a time that this article, uh, a different article, dubbed The Age of the Beard. <laughs> there you go. And a lot of my research was talking about how um, the various ways you can care for a beard mm-hmm. uh, have have advanced and expanded to include, you know, the different kinds of creams and lotions and thickeners uh that's very accurate <laughs> uh ansel can you tell me about your beard maintenance routine oh i i am ashamed to admit that uh well, i don't know why i'm ashamed to admit but i am frustrated to have added just yesterday a new cream to my uh, arsenal of potentials nice. um uh, but yes, yeah, so there's there's beard butter, which is the thing I just got, mm-hmm. uh, and beard butter is less viscous than beard balm, which has more like a Vaseline sort of texture. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, an even harder one that I've not used, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a like a cakey pomadey sort of stuff. Interesting. I've recently switched to a pomade for my hair mm-hmm. since my hair is now shorter than it previously was. Yeah. And uh, so the sides of my head were like shaved and then the top was longer. And now I'm trying to go back to like a normal hairline. Mm-hmm. So like my hairline was like slightly on the top of my head, like on the sides. So now trying to bring it back. Trying to bring, yeah. It's all like super short on some, you know. Yeah. So I've, I I use the pomade to keep it where it's supposed to that be. That makes sense. It, it's a lot stronger or at least easier to deal with than like, than like some hair gel. So. Yeah. Well, and so the thing about beard care that makes it slightly different from hair care is like hair care for whatever reason we have shampoo and conditioner, right? Like you expect those. And then you have whatever third thing you're going to use to style it, like mm-hmm. a pomade or a hairspray or, or a mousse or whatever the hell. Um, with a beard, you know, most of us are lathering with, you know, whatever soap you use on the rest of your body. And then a lot of folks are using secondary stuff as a leave-in to condition the skin mm. underneath the beard and then the hair itself at the same time. So I did flirt for a while with a beard shampoo and a beard conditioner that were their own thing. Um, I've definitely used my shampoo and conditioner that I use on my head, on my beard. That's great too. Um, 
you can do the like again whatever soap you use on the rest of your body and then like a beard oil mm-hmm. and again that's that's more about conditioning the skin right because mm. the big concern is not drying out the skin oh, under the beard okay. but then of course you do want to style the beard so do you need something like an oil that's going to help give it gloss and sheen mm. do you want something like the thicker pomade stuff that's going to give you hold and control like it's it's just hair but on your face and now you've got a whole new raft of products for it and <laughs> because uh listeners ansel has a very pronounced mustache. I'm, a, I'm a very beardy and mustachy guy yeah uh so to to take his advice on facial hair care would uh, be beneficial to you yeah uh if you're like me if you like me if you're like me and you you just sort of want to keep it simple uh, yeah, whatever you do to the hair on the top of your head, probably good on your face. Um, and if you're like me, who is particularly clean shaven right now because I shaved for Halloween costume, mm-hmm. uh, and I will shave again this weekend for more Halloween for that same Halloween costume, uh, different Halloween costume. Ooh, uh-huh. um, this is coming up well after Halloween, so I guess I could say that my first Halloween costume that I shaved for was Shang Chi, mm-hmm. and the which next... you looked great in, by the way. Thank you. The color suits you really well. Who doesn't love a nice red and black? And the second one is Gene Belcher. Oh, great. You did talk (laughs) about that. You did talk about that. I love a comfy Halloween costume. As I mentioned, the Shang-Chi costume was just my regular clothes with the Shang-Chi jacket. jacket. (laughs) And and a Shang-Chi shirt underneath. That's true. Yeah, I appreciated the dedication all the way down in case you got warm. Yes, I knew I was going to get warm immediately. So I, I unzipped pretty quickly. Uh, so the last thing that I wanted to bring to light was that uh, the beard became so important in Victorian society that Charles Dickens wrote uh, a, a piece of work on the importance of the beard called Why Shave? I Go wanted on. to look it up. And I couldn't really... Really? I mean, There's like, a Dickens work that's not just readily available on writeaschoolreportaboutthis.com? Because, uh, honestly, um, as we tend to do here at Time to Party, uh, I, I looked this up earlier today, right? Yeah, same. And, um, yeah, I had a hard time finding it interesting uh, of finding the essay um well i'll take more time in post and see if i can find it and if i can it'll be linked in the show notes amazing but the fact that uh society was so dead set on people having facial hair that dickens was like yeah, yeah you gotta do this gotta do it well and i'm curious do, do you think he was like the equivalent of like ryan reynolds uh sporting some new underwear like Ooh, was might that have been. their product placement back then? Could be, could be. Well, and Dickens, I don't know. Dickens was a an observer of culture as well, so mm-hmm. I think Dickens was more likely reacting than uh, advertising. I do would you, think. Do you think Dickens would have been satisfied with Michael Caine's portrayal? Oh, I, man, I don't know enough about Dickens, the person to comment on that, but I would assume anyone would be honored by a portrayal by the great Michael Caine, (laughs) Michael Caine, um, (laughs) if you will. 
I, I'm just already thinking about Muppet Christmas Carol and when I can start watching it. Uh, you can watch it right now. It's got ghosts in it. It does have ghosts in it. That's a very good point. I mean, did I just uh, completely redo my... No, because it has to be uh, now that this is a thing. Muppets Haunted Mansion first, and then... And then Muppet Christmas Muppet Carol. Muppet Christmas yeah. Carol. And then on Christmas Day, it's Muppet Family Christmas which is a tradition that I observe solely by myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, God. What was the Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Oh, that's a good one, the too. one I need to yeah, add to my rotation. Uh, is that on Disney Plus? I wonder. I would hope so. I have no idea. Post and post here. Unfortunately, nope. It is not available on Disney Plus. You can get it on Peacock or Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, because essentially the only... Uh, Muppets properties that Disney doesn't have access to is the Muppets Take Manhattan mm-hmm. and Muppets in Space, I think. Probably. I'm sure there's there's a lot of red tape around yeah. a lot of stuff, like Fraggles. and. Well, and the Hensons have always been pretty uh, open-minded to co- contracts from whoever the hell. That's true. Uh, so their shit is all over the place. Um Yes. Which would make it difficult to track down all of the IP. Right. So, I mean, having most of the Muppets is, uh, I think... It's a win, yeah. That's a win, absolutely. Um, So, I hope you are slightly more informed about About facial hair. Fake facial hair. (laughs) Also, mustache spelled in the classic sense. Yeah. Uh, Which uh, my my spell check keeps telling me is wrong. (laughs) As as a person who prefers Commonwealth spellings for a number of very vain reasons, I sympathize with your your plight. Um, so uh, I also had a couple options cool. for today's edutainment. I thought about restaurant guides. What inspired that one? Because Amit, every time they're approaching nine the stars. Indians, nine stars on Yelp. Uh, he quotes the Zagat guide at one point. Uh, is it Zagat or Zagat? Yes. Yeah. There's. They have that whole conversation. Um, I think he references another guide at some point. Um, and actually, I, I there was a lot of information about it, but it wasn't all of it terribly interesting. Sure. Um, the short version is people have been writing down where to go to eat for millennia. My favorite one is the Michelin guide. Michelin Guide, yeah. Because it started as a place for the Michelin tire people telling their customers where to eat while Mm -hmm. using their tires. Yep. You should drive elsewhere in France and eat. (laughs) And And now it's this big honor to have a Michelin star. I mean, did you watch The Bear? I didn't watch The Bear. I have not watched The Bear Bear. yet. I did watch Food Theory on YouTube about it recently, though. Uh, which is which is pretty good coverage of of the Michelin history. I just think it's so funny. I'm just thinking of like buying white wall tires and then being handed this guide of where mm-hmm. to eat in town. Here you go. Well, and apparently originally the Michelin guide was free. Ah, they just handed it out. Okay, uh, and then uh, the owner of the company found like went into a, a shop and saw two Michelin guides propping up a workbench, oh and he was like, nah. Fuck this. <laughs> People are going to value it if they pay for it. Seven <laughs> francs, bitches. <laughs> know your worth, I guess. No, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I also thought about uh, nail polish. Oh, okay. 
That would have been an interesting one. I didn't do any research on that, so I have no follow-up. The Old Fashioned Cocktail, Mm. near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. I love a good old-fashioned. A drink of choice in many places. Uh, Supposedly invented in Kentucky, although that's a hard one to nail down since whiskey, sugar, water is... uh, it's right there. It's right, it's right there. there. I don't. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> um, uh, is what is a variation of an old fashioned called if you use Irish whiskey? Is, uh, is that a thing? So that's so most old fashions don't specify the whiskey. So you can oh. do, you can do bourbon. You can do rye. You can do Irish. You can do you can do a Scotch old fashioned if you wanted to. Interesting. Um, and I think the only differentiation would be you'd say like an Irish whiskey old fashioned or a bourbon old fashioned oh. or, you know, but if you just went up to the bar and asked for an old fashioned, they're yeah. probably going to reach for a rye or a bourbon, yes. but anybody's guess. Um, I typically go for rye. I yeah. Think. Rye, I think is pretty classic, yeah. but that said, some people out there going nuts on the, on the old fashions. And I went to a wedding recently and I asked the bartender for an old fashioned because an old fashioned is an old fashioned and, should be pretty hard to screw up, Absolutely. I thought. And in fact, I got two because somebody I was with, you know, it was a wedding, so I knew a lot of the people. And somebody was like, "Yeah, just get me whatever." And I was like, "Great, uh, I'll get you the same thing I'm getting me." And I so I go to the bartender, I ask for an old fashioned, and the bartender like leans back, looks at everything he's got at the bar. Yeah, okay, which is already a bad sign. That's not a great sign. <laughs> not a good sign. And so he. He pours, and I mean, nothing against this overworked bartender at a wedding, but pours uh, uh, like a couple measures of whatever well whiskey they've got. Uh, And then something that was probably simple. I'm hoping it was simple. Uh, And then a big slug of vermouth. Oh. And that was what he served to me with, with, with a couple pieces of fruit in it. Um... So he, like, knew what it should look like. <laughs> and I'm not sure if the vermouth was supposed to be bitters, if that was oh what he God. was thinking, was, like, a big slug of vermouth is, that's just like bitters. Um, but, yeah, it was disgusting, and neither of us drank them. Uh, <laughs> but I was too polite to, I was too polite to stop him at the bar and go, the fuck was that? <laughs> we just ordered different things for the rest you mean, of the you night. You didn't push him out of the way and make your own? <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. The temptation was there, but I didn't. Um, so I had material on that as well. But what I actually wanted to talk about was tanning booths. Okay. Or tanning beds, I should say. Because the thing that I didn't realize is how old tanning beds would be. Tanning beds go all the way back to 1890. No way. Yeah. What? Way. Uh, so the Danish physician Niels Ryberg Finsen developed the carbon arc lamp or Finsen's light that produced ultraviolet radiation, uh, for use in skin therapy. Uh, so Finsen had a bunch of like medical ailments, which at the time didn't have a really good treatment. And so one of the treatments was, well, you should go and get some sun. Okay. They were like, go outside, buddy. Go, (laughs) you know, yeah, go touch grass. Uh, but Finson lived in Switzerland, Sweden, Sweden. He lived somewhere in the, in, in the far north, uh, where there just wasn't a lot of sun. Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I only get sun so many days a year. 
how am I going to solve this problem? I could move or I could invent a new thing. Uh, and he for, went for the latter. But it was primarily used eventually for treating lupus vulgaris. Uh, and he won the Nobel Prize in 1903 wow. for this UV lamp. Crazy. Which is incredible, right? And so that could have been the end of it. It was like a medical thing. People use this UV lamp to treat you know, skin conditions mm-hmm. and... I mean, I think it's probably similar to the lamps we get for SAD, uh, seasonal affective disorder right. here in the Midwest. But yeah, so like that could have been the end of it. But then Coco Chanel of Chanel, the that Chanel, wow, went on a boat one day, okay, and got a sunburn. And because being Coco Chanel, instead of just being like, yeah, I got a sunburn, uh, too bad, decided to make a thing of it. And is accredited for effectively influencing the upper classes worldwide for bronzing skin color, uh, according to ProSun.com, which is absolutely a company that sells tanning beds. So <laughs> yeah. just throwing that out there, some inherent bias in the way that was written. But yeah, so Chanel in the 1920s got this sunburn and was like, nope, that was a choice. Tan is the cool thing to do now, and we're all going to be tan. And eventually started doing stuff like insisting that a, glow, a golden tan was a sign of, of uh, prosperity and the ultimate sign of, of uh, like how well you were doing was how, how tan you were. Remember when uh, society decided how many steps you had uh, to your front door was a sign of prosperity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that. <laughs> we're weird as a, as a, as a species. Yeah. We sure are. Um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, that's that's how it started, um, and so yeah, in the 1920s, uh, we started seeing those same sun lamps being used for artificial tanning, um, and then eventually, uh, Friedrich Wolf, a German scientist, started using it for athletes, and the idea was that this this UV therapy would be good for them, and he's the one who refined the bulbs down so that it was 5% UVB and 95% UVA to prevent burning. Ah. Um, or it reduced the likelihood of burning. Um, and so as a result, he's known as the father of tanning. So you can, up until him, you can still get a sunburn from... From your tanning, tanning lamp, yeah. Well, and it wouldn't have been, like, in the 20s, they were still primarily going outside. Oh, oh, like true. Chanel went out on a boat and got a oh, sunburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like going outside was, it was part of that, like, yes, be young and fit and go out in nature and right. let's all go swimming in tiny shorts, everybody. <laughs> like um, that, that era of things. So sun lamps for recreation didn't really catch on until Dr. Wolf. Gotcha. Uh, so that, that was the seventies. Um, Again, in Berlin, we open our first tanning salons in Europe, uh, and later in the 70s, uh, they come to America. See, 70s was when I would have pegged it as yeah. started. 70s feels right, and and that and, and is accurate. You know, 70s is when it becomes like a commercial thing. Yes. So yes, the father in, of indoor tanning is Friedrich Wolf, um, and that one's pretty common across all the resor- uh, resources I found. Today, according to the Journal of the American Medical Association, uh, Dermatology Edition, uh, just under 10 million, 10 million adults in the United States had tanned indoors in the previous 12 months of 2015. So this is slightly older data, but in the does year that, of 12, 2015, roughly 10 million adults. Does that include 
uh, baked tans. That, that is that. Oh, you mean like spray tans? Yes. It would not include that. Okay. So indoor tanning is a source of UV, UV radiation. And so it's like a huge so like the cast medical of Jersey concern. So Shore does not count. Yes, correct. They they do not count unless they go in the bed and do the do the thing that gives them cancer, uh, or can give them cancer. Um, Which I'm sure some of them do. Probably. Um, and also, GTL. I didn't. I also didn't realize that apparently there are stand-up versions of this. Oh, yeah. Which seems like a pain in the ass. Sure. Maybe I don't have a good idea of how long you spend in one of these beds. I didn't actually look that up in my research. But uh, it seems like a long time to be standing in a booth. Well, I feel like a lot of the the spray tans happen That makes up. sense standing up. Yeah, because uh, you only have to get in there for a little while. Yeah. But uh, I don't see what the benefit of standing to get, like, a tanning bed-style tan would have. Because, right. like, the the overhead light is elevated. Like, it's not directly at I mean, you, I right? would presume it's coming at you from the sides. Also from the sides, yeah, yes. Yeah. But, like, it's just, uh, it doesn't seem like it's a, as practical. Yeah, it seems, it seems wildly impractical. Yes. Yeah. Um, and speaking of practicality, the other big thing is the, the little goggles. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and this was actually something that stood out to me in the movie, is we only saw Pete Davidson put right. on the little goggles the one time. Uh, we never saw Kaylee Cuoco's character put on the little goggles for her time in, in the time machine. So I'm curious if that's a thing. Um, but they're very important in a real tanning bed, because otherwise you get eye cancer. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, one of the big things from the research I was doing, they were talking about how a lot of people don't wear the goggles because it leaves a, a ring around your eyes, right? Like, it's clear that you were in a tanning bed because right. you didn't, your eyelids aren't tan. Yes. Um, but uh, when your alternative is eye cancer, yeah. I'd say uh, I'd say maybe take the L on that one, right. guys. That's, that feels like a thing you should probably just knuckle down and let happen. Um, but yeah, so, uh, horizontal beds like the one in the movie are using low pressure bulbs and they are the most common kind used in salons today. All of my sources agreed on that. And, uh, and yeah, and I appreciated Gary wearing the tiny goggles in the scene with the bed, uh, cause they're very important. I'm curious to know who started the trend of bodybuilders being so tan. I think it probably goes back to that 1920s thing because that yeah. was that same era of like prime, you know, Venice Beach, Hollywood, yes, like bodybuilders out on the on the uh, because like beach I I, thing. I was uh, I don't know why this would have come up, but I think I was watching something on bodybuilding and like they say that the the dark oil is supposed to. Uh, enhance the oh, muscle maybe it, like, definition looks different yeah or something like that and i'm just like you can't see someone's muscle if they're regular tan maybe. like they have to be like th that wood colored tan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. like they have to practically be groot <laughs> to see what their muscles look like maybe i don't know well, and then they oil them up so much. So yeah. maybe it's the contrast of light against the dark on where the oil hits. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a bodybuilder. Yeah, same. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Maybe know. if we were fitter, we would understand. Maybe it's a, it's a it's a bodybuilding thing. It's yeah. totally. <laughs> so it's interesting that we both picked something for edutainment that's uh, 
mostly for vanity's sake. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and almost to to your own detriment in some cases. Absolutely. Yeah, like less so with the mechanical beard, sure. although I'm sure there were incidents. Yeah. I um, mean <laughs> just just thinking of what the phrase mechanical beard <laughs> could possibly do to your face. God, oh, the chafing. Yeah. Oh, golly. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's very interesting that we both went with with something that's about physical appearance, and that I had nail polish right there. <laughs> Almost could have been that. Next time, we have a time traveling uh, tanning bed in a nail salon. Yeah, can... there we go. We'll 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 hit nail polish some point. <laughs> I'll save that one in my back pocket. Yes, uh, party people, you have just been edutained. Yep. Yep. Whether you liked it or not, <laughs> I hope you liked it. I hope you liked it. I think you you probably I think liked that it. Was generally uh, informative. I probably edited out all the awkward bits. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if not, that's what episode four is for. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so that has been our discussion of Meet Cute. Uh, again, if you want to watch it. You can check it out on Peacock, or you can be Steed Bonnet over here and uh, find it through other means. Check out this hot booty I'm hawking. Ah, uh, yes. Well, uh, uh. we hope that you uh, have your own meat cutes out there, party people. Uh, not just times where you hang out and watch the movie, but like actual yeah, meeting people in cute ways. Yeah. Because it's fun. It is, you know, and as you as you venture out into the what is it, the fifth stage pandemic world, Ugh. yeah, make our... it make it count, make exactly. it count. If you're gonna talk to a new person, make it count. It's true. Me cutes are getting harder and harder to come by these days. Yup, because uh, it's not very cute when you uh, awkwardly match with someone on a dating app. Eh. And uh, you think things are going in a cute direction, and then they unmatch with you. Oh. Am I speaking from experience? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've made myself sad now. Well, uh, in an effort to make us happier, you can find us on the internet. I'm at bsilverio20 on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longin of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. This has been an Indecisionist production. You can use the hashtag Time2Party. That's Time the Number 2 Party. As well as hashtag Time the Number 2 Party, all spelled out. Thank you, Warwick. Thanks, Warwick. <laughs> Ah, yes. Uh, Another movie in the books. That's right. We're just... uh, We're just uh, knocking them out. That's right. It's been been a wonderful time. Now, full disclosure, we're banking this one. So it could show up at any time. We don't even know when it's coming. We have no idea. So next month, there's going to be a movie, and we'll see what it is. We will see together. We'll... Man, there's going to be so much time for Pete Davidson to do something awful. Oh, no. Pete Pete Davidson be good. Yeah.
let's all let's all root for Pete Davidson in the meantime. Yes. While uh, he struggles uh, his best to be good. Be excellent to each other. And and party and- on, dudes. Yeah. Uh, you. Why is it always what? that one? <laughs> <laughs> It's never once been the Captain America theme, even though you keep looking over at the. I meant to do the Captain America theme last time, and it came out as da 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 da. <laughs> so really, that's the new Captain America theme. Oh, there it is. That's what it is in your head. Oh, beautiful. All right, I'm turning this off.